0: Hello, this is Tim, the lead pastor of Mosaic Portland, and welcome to the Mosaic Portland podcast. We exist to follow Jesus in authentic community for the world. And right now we're gathering Sundays online uh, to worship together and to open up scripture together. And then after that, we have virtual house gatherings that meet all over our city. And the great thing about these is that you can actually join in wherever you're listening from. We think these right now are the best way to be known, to connect with others, uh, and to be on mission together. They're also where we pray together on Sundays in smaller communities, where we take communion together and debrief what the talk was about and engage scripture more. If you want to find out more information of how to be a part of one in this season, you can find out more info on our website, mosaicportland.org. Now let's go to scripture together as we listen to this podcast. Welcome. Merry Christmas. I'm Tim. I'm the lead pastor of Mosaic. It's so good to be with you like this, whether you're watching live with us on a Sunday or if you're listening or watching some other time. It's so good to be with you like this. This is the fourth Sunday of Advent. Uh, It is December 20th. I can't believe that we're just a few days from Christmas. And so um, I, again, just want to say Merry Christmas to you. This Advent, we've been focusing on this phrase from Scripture, light shines in the darkness. And each week what we've done throughout Advent is take a look at uh, how Jesus is the light. And so at the beginning of Advent, Becky talked about how uh, Jesus is our comfort and how light is, is comfort, and that provides us for that in, in this life. And then the next week, Mark took a look at, at how light and Jesus as the light brings life. And then last week, we, we took a look at how Jesus as the light guides us. Uh, and this week, what we're going to do is, is take a look at it, it, that phrase in Scripture, light shines in the darkness, and it's followed by something. And, and it says after that, it says that, uh, that light overcomes darkness or light conquers darkness. And so how is it that Jesus is the light that conquers darkness? So here's, here's what I want to do with this. I, I realized this week that that phrase, light shines in the darkness, as we've been saying it to ourselves and uh, around this time of year in December of Advent and Christmas time we hear that and it, it kind of fits a little bit. Light shines in the darkness. And maybe you're familiar where that shows up in Scripture. But if we were to say that at any other time in the year, it, it, it just kind of would be insignificant, right? Light shines in darkness. If I were to say that to you and say the month of July, it wouldn't be a big deal. I mean, that kind of just washes over us. It passes by. We don't think about it. Light, I, I looked this up actually. Light technically is electric, electromagnetic radiation that is visible to the human eye because it's in a particular spectrum of electromagnetic radiation. I think that's right. I looked it up. But that's just technically what light is. And so we're familiar. We have lights all around us. We use light. It just is kind of present to us. We We don't, pay particular close attention to it but when we say it at this time of year we understand that we're not talking about turning on a light or even the light from the sun or the light on our on our phone or in a bedroom or in a car in the front of cars or whatever it might be we're talking not just about the concept the scientific reality of light we're talking about something far more important and deeper than that of what it means for something to be lit illuminated and the significance of that when when we read in scripture of how Jesus is described as the light of the world. So here's what I wanna do with us right now. I wanna do three things. I want first just to look at that text in scripture of where Jesus not only is described as light, but he claims to be light. So I wanna do that. And then I wanna tell you about the absolute best hide-and-go-seek game ever. I'm biased, I was a part of it, but I wanna tell you about it. It's really important. And then the last thing I wanna do is end with, with two questions. And they're the two questions that we've ended every Sunday of Advent together this year. The Book of John is, is different than Matthew, Mark, and Luke. It's the fir- fourth book in the New Testament, and the Book of John is just it's it's just artistic and poetic in a different way. It's it's often described as as this. It's described as a as a pool that a a child can wade into and an elephant can swim in, and, and you get the imagery of that, right? That a, a pool that is safe enough inviting enough for a child to wade into. Maybe doesn't even know how to swim yet, but can walk into it and be safe. And an elephant, and all elephants are bigger than children. So an elephant, huge elephant, can jump in and swim, can dive into. The book of John is described as that because wherever we're at on our spiritual journey, we can find a home in the book of John. We can get to know Jesus. We can be challenged to follow Jesus more. We can be introduced to this simple reality of who Jesus is wherever we're at in our spiritual journey. But throughout the book of John, it's answering this question. The author is answering this question of who is Jesus. At the very end, in the in uh, chapter 20, uh, verse 31, the author is winding down his book, the book of John. And The author is John. He, he wrote the book of John, and then he titled it after him. You get to do that if you write a book of the Bible. But he writes this, chapter 20, verse 31. But these are written that you may believe that Jesus is, and here's where he answers the question, who is Jesus? That Jesus is the Messiah, the son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. So he's saying, this is who Jesus is. Jesus is the Messiah, the promised one. And as he's winding down the book of John, this this book in the Bible that all of us can come to wherever we're at in our spiritual journey and meet Jesus and grow deeper in him. He begins this book with these wonderful Description that actually parallels the very beginning of the Bible. The beginning of the Bible starts with in the beginning God in Genesis 1 1. But in John in the New Testament, chapter 1, verse 1, here's the first five verses. And this is where we hear this phrase, Light shines in the darkness. Listen to these first five verses of the book of John In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him, all things were made. Without him, nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all humankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Here is this this claim, this introduction in the book of John to who Jesus is. Again, at the very end of the book of John, he's saying, Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and in him is is life in his name. There is this life that is available in Jesus that's not available anywhere else separate from him. And in the beginning of the book of John, it describes Jesus as the light that shines in the darkness. And then it puts this, uh, this phrase right after it, comma. And here's the phrase, that the darkness has not overcome it. I want to tell you about this hide and go seek game that I that I mentioned. It's it's again I'm biased, but I think it's the best one that has that's ever happened. It was just so much fun and so fantastic. I was a college student. I had a a great group of uh, other. Friends that I was a part of, that was part of this uh, college community. Most of, you know, we were kind of 18 to 23 ish years old, and um, we were all part of the same church and this great community. There's there's quite a few of us, and uh, we we planned this event, and uh, we planned this hide and go seek game at night in in the basement of the church that we were a part of, and it was a it was a giant basement. It, Bigger than maybe any basement. It was was more like a warehouse. It was just huge. And uh, we cleared everything out. Um, It had really high ceilings, 10, 12-foot high ceilings. Um, I think, and you're going to think I'm exaggerating, but I think it was about 8,000 square feet. It was just massive. It was like a big warehouse. We cleared everything out. pushed. They had these retractable walls. We pushed them to the side. We moved all the chairs and tables and put them in storage rooms. And so it was just a big open room. Except in the middle, there was these four pillars. And then off to the side, there was this like massive industrial kitchen and then restrooms over here. And so we went in there, and we, what we would do is we would turn off all the lights so that it was dark. Now, when I say that we, we played hide-and-go-seek in the dark, what, what you're thinking is, like, mostly dark. And that's not what this game was like. This was an absolutely, completely full-on dark, like, could not see your hand in front of your face. It was, it was that dark, and so what we, what we did is we made sure that there was no light seeking in anywhere under any, like we went into the restroom and turned the restroom lights off so that there would not be any, any kind of light seeking through under the, under the doorway. Um, we went into the kitchen and put tape over the, the microwave light on the, the, the clock on the, on the microwave so that there was absolutely no light sneaking in. I got to be it one time. And as I, as I entered into the, to the downstairs where you could not see anything and if you if this hasn't sunk in yet the fun of this game was that people would run into walls run into each other be scared and paralyzed and not move and and you know as a college student, I just thought that was fun. We all thought that was fun. When I'm in and I walk in and I'm experiencing that reality of utter darkness and maybe I could hear somebody somewhere, but not really and trying to move, but moving so slowly, I was afraid I was going to run into a pillar right away. And I, I realized I, I functioned and, and moved and kind of existed in the absolute darkness in a very different way than I would in a normal day when there was light available. So as I'm in and I'm trying to find somebody to tag and listening really carefully, all of a sudden I find a little bit of light. And I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, I, I, I pulled out a phone and we didn't have cell phones in and we, or maybe I turned on the, the, the light on my watch and I, I didn't cheat. Honestly, I didn't cheat, but I found a little bit of light. What I found was that underneath the kitchen door, the kitchen was completely blacked out, but underneath the kitchen door, I caught this little glimmer of light. And what it was, it was a pilot light on a stove. And it was at the very bottom of the stove and it was shining through. And when I moved just a certain way, I could see it. And once I realized what it was and got close to it and realized that's what it was in the kitchen, I then backed out and I could find things then And I actually found the two pillars that were on the side of the the basement that I was in. And when I found those pillars and I could move them in between the light and realize where I was and get my bearings, all of a sudden I realized I functioned and and moved in a very different way. I could actually move with some confidence. I knew nothing else was in the room and I could move. I knew where this pillar was and this pillar. And then all of a sudden I I heard somebody and I moved really closely to them. And what it was, was there was four girls uh, and they were hunched together sitting on the floor absolutely freaked out, whispering to each other about how scared they were. And so instead of tagging them, I got really, really close to them, listened to them for a second and waited for a break in their little conversation. And then I just really quietly, said, hello. And that was so worth it. They absolutely freaked and screamed and then screamed to turn the lights on and, and we did. And that was the end of that round. And that was a lot of fun. Scaring them has nothing to do with Jesus shining as the light, but you get the point. When there is a little bit of light what happens is it overtakes the darkness. It if I can say it this simply it wins. It conquers. Where there is light there's no longer darkness in that space. We like to maybe even think of kind of all of existence or all of human history as this battle between good and evil, light and dark and somehow that they're they're waging back and forth and there's kind of this equal close battle. And what scripture is telling us about the person of Jesus and even about light and darkness is that's not true. It's way unbalanced. Light wins in a massive basement with all of that darkness. Just a little tiny bit of light changes everything. I moved and functioned and existed in that massive darkness completely differently when I had a little bit of light versus when I had none. When we hear this truth that Jesus is the light that shines in the darkness and that the darkness does not overcome it, it clues us into, it tells us, it gives us this truth and this reality that where there is light, there is not darkness. There can be darkness all around it, but the darkness doesn't overcome the light. Just a little bit of light pushes back the darkness. It conquers the darkness in that space. When verse 5 of John chapter 1 says, the darkness does not overcome it, that word overcome in the original language there has, a, has kind of a full meaning. It, we hear overcome like darkness can't overcome light, and, and that's true. But that word actually means to lay hold of or to, to seize or to possess. And darkness cannot possess. It cannot overcome. It cannot seize. It cannot control light. That light always conquers darkness. And this is why John writes, And scripture tells us over and over and over again. And for those of us that follow Jesus, we can testify in our own lives and we know and have experienced how Jesus overcomes darkness, that Jesus overcomes sin and overcomes pain and overcomes loss of hope and overcomes despair, that Jesus is the light that overcomes the darkness and conquers the darkness. Jesus later on in the book of John says in chapter eight, verse 12, he claims, I am the light of the world and those that follow me, no longer walk in darkness, but have life. Later on in, in the book of First Peter, this letter um, of First Peter in chapter two, uh, verse uh, verse nine says this listen to these words. And it's describing those of us that know and follow Jesus, who believe that Jesus is the light that conquers darkness. But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. God's special Listen to this, possession, God's special possession that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Later on in the New Testament, we have this this clear description of who we are as the family of God. And I love that phrase that says, we have become God's possession, that God has reached out and possessed us. It's that same word of overcomes, to lay hold of, to seize, to seize. I hope that's a, a welcomed imagery of Jesus reaching out and and holding you of of possessing you of you are now his that you are part of the family of God. when Jesus is described as the light that shines in the darkness and it tells us that darkness does not overcome light but that light conquers darkness that's part of what it means is we now belong. when we believe in Jesus that Jesus came born as a as a vulnerable, even in this sense, weak, newborn baby, in this this corner of the known world at that time, in this small, insignificant, off to the side, barely visible stable, born of an insignificant teenage mother, and a slightly insecure father in Joseph who doesn't quite know what's going on, but an angel visited him and he decided, okay, I'm going to obey the angel and stay with Jesus at this and with Mary at this time and name this child Jesus. Often, the corner of history, in the corner of the known world at that time, light shows up. And since that time, Jesus has regularly been overcoming darkness. I can tell that story in my life. Many of us can tell that story. We're invited in this Advent season to step out of darkness and into light, to believe and follow Jesus, to love him and to know him? Here's the two questions I have for us. And we've been asking these same questions throughout Advent. The first one is this, how am I experiencing Jesus as a light that conquers darkness, as the light that overcomes darkness? For me, I answered that question personally in this season. And it's easy for me to look back in, uh, in this fall. And this fall, we've been talking about how Jesus is an anchor is our anchor is for those of us that follow Jesus. And I've needed him to be my anchor in this season. I've needed to hear those talks and those scriptures and that truth over and over and over again that I I need to be anchored to Jesus because there's so much that is pulling for my attention and for my loyalty and my allegiance and my hope and to put it back into Jesus over and over and over again. And I've shared a number of times this year uh, how these new habits that i've i've kind of woven into my life and in, in my morning of going to scripture before my phone of praying through this simple app that i've been using and and starting my day each day in that way and what it's done is it's pointed me to jesus and it's linked me to jesus fresh every morning it's anchored me to jesus every morning and what what has been so good about that is then as i get up and go through my day the most real thing to me is jesus and and jesus has been more real to me than and this might sound weird, but more real than COVID, more real than financial fears that we're all facing in some way or another, more real than a political divide that that plagues our country and certainly our city. Jesus is more real than that. And not only is he more real, but he's, he's stronger because where Jesus is, those things get pushed out as secondary and he becomes clearer and more important. I've thought about it this way, and if I can say this in a normal year, a non-COVID year, it might be easier in some ways for Jesus to fade to the background. But, but he's been front and center for me, and he's needed to be, because the, the waves have been stronger and higher this year. And so how have I been experiencing as Jesus is the light that shines in the darkness, is going to him regularly and starting my day with him, and saying, Jesus, I need you very clearly this year. Every year, every day, every minute, but this year even more so. Thank you for showing up. Thank you for being there. The second question is this How am I sharing that reality, that truth, that gospel, that hope that Jesus is the light that shines in the darkness, the light that overcomes and conquers the darkness? How am I sharing that? I ran across in this Christmas devotional this week that I was reading a quote from Dietrich Bonhoeffer. If you don't know who Dietrich Bonhoeffer is, uh, he uh, is a um, German pastor author, theologian, professor, and conspirator that fought and schemed against Hitler and Nazi Germany. He was a very young man. He was accomplished, and he actually got a a professor post in New York City. So he left during the war. He left Germany, came over to New York City, and began lecturing And in that short time he was here, he felt called to go back to Germany. And so he left the safety of the United States and went back to his people where he knew he would be under threat because he claimed the name of Jesus and did not support Hitler and did really Jesus honoring things in those few years that he was back in Germany. But eventually he was arrested and put in jail and he was put to death in the hours before the end of the war and the surrender of the Nazi army, the German army. Dietrich Bonhoeffer says this. He says, Flight into the invisible is a denial of the call. Listen to that again. Flight into the invisible is a denial of the call. How am I sharing the truth with others that, that Jesus is the light of the world? It's, it's choosing not to be invisible. And you might think, well, I, I got to stay at home. I can't be around people as much as that's true but we all have an opportunity to be visible and to be known and to be identified as a follower of Jesus. And in that sense, to fulfill what Matthew chapter 5, verse 14 says, where Jesus says in the midst of the Sermon on the Mount, he says that you and I that follow him, that know him, that love him, are the light of the world. We're to be salt and to be light, to be seen, to show up in very small little ways that pushes back the darkness, that says here is a light, and in the midst of this light, there's not darkness right here. And so we have this opportunity to be visible and not to deny the call that that each of us have in our life to be light in this world, to be salt and light. So one of the ways that I've been doing that is is this, is, is just simply genuinely smiling at people when I have the opportunity, when I'm out. And as I say that right now, I realize that as I'm doing that, I'm often smiling through a mask. That when I order coffee and I want to smile at somebody, I'm covered up with a mask. And so as best as I can, I've learned to smile with my eyes. I've learned to talk a little bit more and to try to in some way exude joy. A smile in today's world actually exudes joy more than you might even know or realize. And what we have an opportunity to do is to stand out as distinct and different. I heard a great story uh, through um, Mark, one of our our pastors, uh, led and facilitated an alpha course uh, this fall. If you don't know what an alpha course is, it's this great ministry um, and we did it on Zoom this year, of course, where we can actually interact with, invite people in that are exploring questions of meaning and faith in life. So people who aren't following Jesus, and we, we had a great course this, this fall, but he shared a story and he said, one person who's not a follower of Jesus shared and said, the thing that I'm gonna take with us from this course is I, I still don't believe in Jesus yet, but you have a hope and you have a joy that's contagious and that I want and that is appealing and I want that. We have an opportunity to be visible simply in the way that we exude joy. And for those of us that know Jesus and he showed up in our lives and our hearts and our minds as a light that has pushed back the darkness, we have an opportunity to share that with others in very many ways. Jesus is the light of the world. He is the light that shines in the darkness. And we as a church and we as a people want to declare that and sing that in this season and in this time with everything else that is swirling around us in this world and all the challenges that face us. So let's be that kind of people that know Jesus personally, that can testify to him in our life as a light and can share that with others in this season.